0: Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. We are back with an installation of the COVID file, number 11. So this episode is actually something you can take action on immediately. If you can give a family member or a loved one a hug, guess what? You can take action on the tips that uh, that my partner, Dr. Brown here, is going to share with you today. And it's a really cool episode. It it really covers a lot of stuff on what can go wrong simply when we as a social species, yes, us humans are social, what happens when we can't be social and the ramifications of what happens of, of loneliness and what we can do to overcome it. So without further ado, let's get to our sponsors. Of course, there is Atrontil, That is chock full of polyphenols. Go to KBMD Health's very own page at lovemytummy.com. Slash KBMD to pick up your very own Autron Deal. It is incredible for bloating. It's the only proven over-the-counter solution for bloating and symptoms related to IBS. Not to mention, did I say it was chock full of polyphenols? That's because it is. If you're an athlete, you should be taking at least 1,000 milligrams of polyphenols in per day with your food or simply supplement with Autron Deal. It's all natural polyphenols for you. And not just your gut health, but your systemic health. So auton teal lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. And of course, if you've not visited KBMD Health yet, that's where my co-host, Dr. Brown, has the only three products that currently, right now, he feels are what we should make available to you. So that is Brock Elite. Of course, it's Brock Elite Pro. Those are sulforaphanes. It's a funny word I just said there. Anyhow, those are sulforaphanes and they come specifically from broccoli sprouts. And what broccoli or what makes broccoli so special is that they are the only proven stabilized form of all natural sulforaphanes. It's anti-cancer. It's anti-aging. It's pro-life. It's Pro Health and Wellness. Uh, of course, you can always get your KBMD CBD as well as his signature package or the Biohacker package that comes with Atron Teal, KBMD CBD, your flavor. Of course, you get to choose whether it be all natural or cinnamon, which is, of course, organically sourced. And of course, Broccoli Pro. So without further ado, let's check in here on COVID file number 11. Thank you so much. Like and share. This is a great episode. Just share with a loved one. Let them know why you're giving them a hug and stay safe, everyone. Talk to you soon. It is now time for the Gut Check Project with the COVID file installment number eleven. I'm Eric Rieger with your co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Dr. Brown, what's happening today?
1: What's going on, Eric? Um, I love you sticking to your roots, and the hair just keeps getting bigger and bigger. This COVID do that you got going on, it's starting to starting to really rock right now.
0: You can you can you can see roots. You can see some gray coming in, but
1: yeah, roots. I'm seeing roots. <laughs> Whatever it takes. How have you been? What's going on with the family? let's get let's get caught up on that stuff. We're not doing enough personal stuff lately. man, family. <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned that uh, considering what we're gonna
0: talk about, but uh, this weekend, I get to go and see my oldest. He is uh, in his first semester out at Texas Tech. He's loving it, but I'm not seeing him in over a month. Can't wait till this weekend for us to uh, say hello to each other and uh, youngest Mac has got basketball this evening. They're doing tournaments, and of course, both of them are having to do this readjustment, obviously around covid and uh, mari and i couldn 't be more excited to uh, to obviously go and watch the boys play and then uh, or go watch uh, or go catch up with Gage this weekend and uh, She and I just remain busy so uh, it's uh it's it's the world that we live in now it 's uh prefaced by by Covid What about yourself?
1: Uh, things are going really good with the family. We're trying to figure out how to get back at some of these tennis tournaments um, as they put them on, then they cancel them and so on. So um talking to mom a lot. I'm trying to be very proactive about um, speaking with mom, trying to figure out how I can get to my 79-year-old, very spry mom who is feeling better now than she did when she was 69. So, and then 59, I think she's feeling better now than she has in 20 years. And so it, I started thinking about that. I started thinking about family and how important that is. And this is what I wanted to kind of get into today. Today's I kind of threw you a curveball. I initially said we were going to talk about something, and then I started going down these rabbit holes of research. And rather than rabbit holes, I'm going to call them vole holes, the prairie vole holes. And I'll right. explain I'll explain how that ties in. But when we were looking at this, I'm sitting there talking to my mom and she sounds great and we're trying to do this. I've got, uh, you know, we did some some Zooms with some other friends around the country and I'm like, wow, this is an interesting time. And I then started thinking about my practice and I'm like, and my practice is really busy right now. Like people are really no and they're and they're very desperate. So I started down this whole path. This is where it began. And this is going to end up being Angie Cook's podcast because she's going to come on, and I'm challenging her to be the expert in this because I just got done doing Chris Kresser's podcast where he agreed we need to bring this one thing out in the open. What we're seeing and what I'm seeing with patients is a consistent deal where if people have some sort of gastrointestinal problem, specifically SIBO, I can trace it back, and then you have these people that are showing up with dysautonomia. They've got POTS, uh, Ehlers-Danlos, and which comes first, chicken or the egg? Did something cause that? If those terms don't mean anything to you, good. If they mean something to you, then you know what I'm talking about because it's this, it's this constellation of symptoms that nobody has put together before. Which is, gut. Something happens to your gut. Then suddenly you're diagnosed as having Ehlers-Danlos and then it's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome called POTS. So for all those people that have this, and there's actually way more than we realize, that's where I started with this. I was like, oh, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do the preface, the, the sort of general 30,000 foot view of why we have this. And then I started thinking, wait a minute. Why is this? Why are we seeing more of this now? Why are we having more gastrointestinal issues, which conceivably can lead to chronic long-term stuff. And then I had a wake-up in the middle of the night moment where I went, COVID people are recovering from COVID, but then they're having chronic issues. And it's really all over the map now. Cardiac issues, pulmonary issues, some, some nerve issues. Are we going to end up with a whole new wave of almost post-Lyme? Chronic infection type things that the immune system has turned on. So then that got me thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to figure out this whole motility deal. And during this really busy time, I've got all these people. And then I got a, um, a article was sent to me by uh, the Journal of American Medical Association this month, September 2020, that signs of depression have tripled in the U.S. since COVID-19 pandemic. So 28% of the people surveyed had at least one symptom of depression. You compare that to 8.5% pre-pandemic. So it's not just the number, but the severity of depression is increasing tremendously also. And there's actually a significant number of people that have been diagnosed with serious depression. When you fall into that category, you start really worrying about suicide. You start really worrying about breakthrough of other problems, and it usually requires a ton of treatment and different uh, things to try and get this under wraps. So there's very little research going on right now discussing this. So we've got this COVID problem, even if you don't get COVID. So if you get COVID, it's possible you have to worry about a long-term consequence. We know it it can infect the gut. And then even if you don't, we're seeing the next wave of of impending pandemic of depression that we're going to have to deal with. So that was no joke. I was
0: just going to add that the, um, I guess the the syndromes that you're describing, Ehlers-Danlos and uh, POTS, et cetera, it is reminiscent to the time when you were addressing IBS and bloating. Okay, because those were somewhat seen as throw away trash can diagnoses, and that's really kind of stealing a line from you. That's what people felt. They're like, well, I don't know it's IBS. I don't know. It almost feels like we're now sustaining a wave of POTS and AILERS, and we're seeing these people come through, and they don't really know who they can turn to. And little bit by little bit, it seems like maybe we're making a little bit of headway. So drawing this connection really pulls me in and others who may actually happen to suffer from this or who have witnessed family members suffer from this kind of stuff because there has to be a way out, and there's usually a cause, and just kicking it under the rug and pretending like it's not there is not really going to work. And if we know that COVID is setting us up to experience syndromes similar to this, then more than likely we can walk backwards and figure out what was it that COVID did to put these things in motion and what can we do about it if we become infected to uh, hopefully either curve it or not experience it altogether.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things is, is, that if you are in a situation, you cannot have a healthy immune system without a healthy gut. So what I'm saying is, is that we do have evidence now that when you have a, something that affects your gastrointestinal system, system like an H2 receptor where a spike protein can bind to it. And then that's where the, the, the whole disease starts that could lead to a, domino effect of more chronic problems and so i'm sitting here i'm just like wow okay this is daunting my practice is full we're getting all these people showing up with these i don't i can't give them a good answer on the whole you had got problems now you've got these other long-term issues you have to deal with and this jam article comes out and so this is where i start going down some vol holes like man i really (laughs) want to be able to help like what is this connection it's just there and then um I started looking down this and I was like, wait a minute, let's look at this. Depression essentially is a form of reaction to some sort of stress. Stress, we know, causes a sympathetic response in the body. Right. We understand that a fight or flight response is the sympathetic response that affects intestinal motility. And we know through all of our other podcast that we've done and and other people and guests, that there's a tremendous brain-gut access. So as your co-host of the Gut Check Project COVID Files number 11, I'm at least going to try and do my part, which is if all this is going on, let's at least protect the gut. And we know that if you were to change the motility, you can develop SIBO, then you can get leaky gut, and then you can develop these other problems. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. Now we're seeing that these COVID people are having heart issues, brain issues, there's all different kinds of things. I'm like, I can't just get on there and say, Well, we gotta protect the gut. So found an article published Uh-oh. this month, and I went, Oh, this is what this episode's gonna be about. <laughs> it's going to be about give your neighbor an atron Teal and a hug. Give your neighbor just a little bit of powerful nature's polyphenols, hmm. and a hug. Huh. A and, hug. Yeah. Uh, kudos to, to to Chris Kresser because he mentioned this study. At, and we and He went, oh, did you see that thing? So that means, like, this study just came out, like, last week, and I was like, man, this yeah. guy stays on top of it. Yeah. All right, a recent study, and this is where we're going to end up, and this is why giving somebody a hug could be very important for your gastrointestinal health. Okay. This episode is going to be about. Let's do it. Give an atron teal and a hug. Okay. So a recent study with rats looked at gastrointestinal motility in the setting of stress. So what these researchers did is they showed that when rats are exposed to acute or moderate amounts of stress, that they were able to show that the rats developed gastroparesis. They did not go into why. Gastroparesis is slowing of the stomach. I'll explain to my patients that when you go through amount of stress, the sympathetic nervous system slows your intestines down. And Correct. if we're to develop bacterial overgrowth, you have a reflex from your small bowel to your stomach that slows it down. I get all these people diagnosed as gastroparesis, and when we fix their SIBO, the gastroparesis goes away. So these guys were saying, okay, we know that these rats, when we expose them to stress, they develop gastroparesis, but we don't really have a way to help them. So then one of them, I'd really like to see how they decided on this one particular thing. Then they decided to check something that has not actually ever been reported before. Somebody, what was that? Somebody had the wherewithal to say, let's check their oxytocin level. You familiar with oxytocin? Yeah, I am familiar with oxytocin
0: and uh, and or pitocin. Oxytocin, I think, is the endogenous form of
1: pitocin. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's also known as the hormone that mostly is associated with pregnancy and giving birth, which right. the pitocin part of it. You as a CRNA, you you know, you do the epidural in somebody, and then you start the pitocin drip, and it and there's lots of contractions. That, lots stop, of contractions yeah, it causes uh,
0: like uterine that. contraction. Get the baby. If, if someone's been induced, then that's what we're doing is we're giving them pit
1: or pitocin through their IV. Yeah, and so the way that I learned about oxytocin was mostly through my gynecologic rotations where you're looking at stuff like this. Well, as it turns out, it's a really cool little neuropeptide slash hormone. You mean it doesn't just have one use that we isolated for our own convenience? It doesn't just have the one use. And then, see, everybody <laughs> thinks about it. It's been, it's been labeled as the love hormone, the cuddle hormone. It's what um, helps um, moms develop their lactation when the baby cries. It's an oxytocin response, all this other really cool stuff. These guys said, hey, what if we got their oxytocin up higher? Conceivably, what if the stress... Decrease their oxytocin, raise their vasopressin, and maybe that's why they're having GI issues. Huh. Nobody's ever put the link together before where it's like, look, we just say that, oh, when you're under stress, you're, you have gut issues. How? Hence the vol hole. So what they're able to show is that these rats with higher levels of oxytocin recovered from the stress and improved gastric motility. Their guts recovered when they could raise their oxytocin level. Okay. And then they took these knockout rats, and what knockout rats and mice are is that they genetically raise one that is incapable of producing something that they want. So then they raised these rats that were incapable of producing oxytocin, and their gastric motility and their GI tract was horrible. So their data showed that oxytocin directly influences the neural pathway of the stress response. Why is that relevant? Because when we have Angion, and we do our motility, deep dive, maybe a couple different podcasts. And cressor agreed with me on this one. It all comes down to motility. We have to fix the motility. And this is a particular, it's known as a neuropeptide. A lot of people refer to it as a hormone that actually affects the neural motility. Then I went, oh, my gosh, I have not heard of this before. So now what we're talking about is oxytocin as a stress adaption that could actually help motility. So rather than just immediately build a cuddle room in my clinic – where patients come in and they get uh, Israel and Amber and Andy and my, all my other staff will have yeah. to rotate cuddling with patients to improve their oxytocin level. I thought I'd look into the science a little bit more before I just jump into that. And then I it, it got me thinking. Not only is COVID creating all this depression, is it is some of the problem because we're isolating ourselves? I mean, I still want. I mean, I still don't like the Zoom way that we're doing this. But at least we have some interaction, but is it conceivable that one of the reasons why we're having so much depression, so many of these other issues that are we ignoring our oxytocin? Hey, you know, uh, two quick things. One is quick and that
0: is, um, I think that now we've established, especially with the, with the mice or the rats that, uh, oxytocin is not a gender specific, uh, marker or a um, hormone, right? So males and females are going to benefit from this. But a side note, long, long ago, I was watching a special, and they were talking about some of the side effects that happened to people who happen to be imprisoned and who were put like into isolation for whatever reason, you know, down in the hole. Yeah. And one of the early issues that occurs with them is GI distress. So I kind of feel like that really? maybe we're going... I mean it, beyond the depression, beyond the the uh the things that could just simply drive someone crazy in their own mind by being isolated, a lot of it was just simply inability to
1: have normal functioning g i tract so anyway, sorry. that and so let's let's just key on that for a second. You have stress, you are able to muscle through some of your gastrointestinal issues. And you say, I just have to, I have to keep the stiff upper lip and keep moving. What you don't realize is that if you're not taking care of your gastrointestinal health, then this could lead to a cascade of other inflammatory things. So how do you improve the inflammatory aspect of everything? That's the really, that's the really interesting thing. Now, we have talked improving your immune system by mitigating your inflammatory response using polyphenols. Mm-hmm. We've talked about improving your... NRF2 pathway, which decreases the inflammatory response. So now I'm going to give you the trifecta of let's go down some holes and talk oxytocin. And why do I say holes? Because I found this incredible scientist. She's a neurobiologist named Sue Carter, and she's internationally recognized as this behavioral neuroendocrinology uh, Ph.D., she is the director of the Kinsey Institute, which looks at this, and all her work has focused on oxytocin, and she found the what was presumed to be the only mammal that had a monogamous relationship, the prairie vole. So when oh. I say I went down vole holes, oh. this is a lot. Oh. All the go. research on oxytocin has mm. actually been done on prairie voles by this badass scientist named Sue Carter. Sue and, Carter. Yeah, and her work is really cool because when you read some of this she studied oxytocin in voles and the reason why is because they were they were presumed to be the most social mammal and monogamous and they really don't care about their environment so you can take two moles that love each other and put them anywhere and they'll be just as happy because as long as they're socializing they're they're super cool and um her first discovery was meh, meh, meh. Voles are not monogamous. In fact, female voles will actually go and mate with a random male vole and then fight with them afterwards to kick them out to basically come back and be with her lifelong mate. So they have lifelong mates, but the vole will actually go out, and she explained that this is probably – it's not like it's a super – um What's the term for when somebody sleeps around a whole lot? The appropriate term is what I'm going for. Yeah, (laughs) promiscuous. All all was them, (laughs) because thank you for rescuing that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) none of which were going to be appropriate for today, but yeah, Yeah. good save.
1: (laughs) So, So it wasn't that these that these female voles were promiscuous. It's that there's a genetic reason for doing this. That if you can have a genetic pooling where you have more genes, but it's the family. Rearing aspect. And so what she was able to show is that it doesn't have to be the original mother father as long as there's a family unit or some sort of unit. And then, you know, she references a lot of psychological studies in humans, which this has been shown multiple times that, um, you you know, this is where it's at. So the vole has a very similar oxytocin response to humans. So it's the perfect mammal to actually study and. At this point, that's why I'm going down vol holes. Now we should probably define really what oxytocin is on a little bit more scientific level. Oxytocin, okay. it's an evolutionarily ancient neuromodulator and hormone produced in the hypothalamus where it's pumped directly into the brain and into your circulation. So very complex way to say this thing has been around since the dawn of time to help us adapt to our environment. And in fact, oxytocin, which is the love hormone and known as the cuddle hormone, it's associated with childbirth and women, but now we realize it's in everybody. When it goes up, that really means that you're in a time of abundance. That means that you're in a time, this is a time to love. This is a time to do things. And when that's up, it actually does all different kinds of things. And we'll get into that in a second. But one thing it definitely does is it improves your immune system. By decreasing inflammatory markers, very similar to how the NRF2 pathway functions. Hmm. When there's times of stress, a la right now, your oxytocin goes down, your vasopressin goes up, and you send signals that you're under duress. Does that make sense? It does.
0: And so basically, uh, if you, it just sounds to me like if uh, you're under a lot of stress, it's hard to love, and if you aren't receiving love, you're probably
1: going to find yourself in a lot of stress. Yes. So here is the the thing that nobody's talking about. We've got a massive amount of depression going on because of COVID, and then we're saying everybody stay away from each other. Yeah. When the reality is what we're going to do at the end of this podcast is talk about how we can increase our oxytocin levels. but okay. Just to show how important it is. Um, what was she was able to do, just a few of the things. It enhanced memory production. Ooh. It has been shown to increase muscle mass. So um, it has been shown to help heal wounds quicker. So they can show when your oxytocin level is up, you have less serious infections. You actually can learn things better. You can develop more muscle. It's like kind of a, it's one of those like, ah, that does too much. Well, it's that important. It's one of these homeostasis type hormones, oxytocin, vasopressin. She was talking about all different kinds of studies that perhaps one of the reasons why there's a cycle of teen pregnancy in certain lower socioeconomic areas could be that when a mother is stressed, she sends a signal to the baby that's in her Oh, hey, we got hard times. Yeah, baby down regulates its ability to produce oxytocin. Oh, my. So it comes out guns blaring, not ready to cuddle. Yeah, baby has been sent a signal that says you are being born into hard times. And when that happens then you can end up with a sequence of events. And it's just tip of the iceberg about where she was going with it. And she showed it with these prairie bulls. She had certain moms that um, were under stress. Well, then the baby would have lower oxytocin levels throughout its life. they go so far. Yeah, it's really wild stuff. Super, super wild because I'd never really thought about oxytocin before. I've always thought of it as a pregnancy thing. And now I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. So, what it helps you do is it helps you adapt to a changing environment. I was thinking of a uh, time suck with what's it? Oh, name? Dan Cummins. Dan Cummins and I just had to laugh about it because he he almost describes this when he was doing the Genghis Khan thing. He's just like, yeah, can you imagine being born in this? He's just like, I mean, like you're born into this horrible world and you're just blah blah. And I'm like, oh, that oxytocin was really low in poor Genghis. Really yeah. Low. And yeah, it really, really was. And so a lot of the oxytocin levels in a community can be manipulated by the strength of the community and learning from others. So part of what makes the oxytocin go up a little bit is the reward aspect also. So when you learn from somebody and you don't have to fail a bunch of times, your oxytocin goes higher, so each generation if done right, should have slightly higher ability to have the oxytocin because you're learning from the next group in front of you, and then it it's 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 a safety thing. The more control you have, the more abundance you have, the higher abundance, meaning you're not fighting for your life, not Lamborghini or whatever. I'm pretty sure that. You know, in a weird anecdotal
0: way, if you think about just uh, growing up and being in a classroom, it seemed like that in certain subjects you would have friends that were just more adapt and and better at listening and getting instruction. And so mm-hmm. as a lesson progressed, they didn't seem to stress about subject matter. So their ability to relax and learn and take in information, they had a comfort zone with that. So they may have had some amounts of oxytocin being released, which allowed them to take up the material, and they didn't stress as the material was reintroduced and they were tested on. I mean, it's, it's a cycle, right? So it's probably – there's probably a pattern there to where we could, we could help our young kids and children, et cetera, by learning how to get comfortable learning, learn how to learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, the good news, Eric, you don't have to worry about this at all because, as we've discussed in multiple different ways, Big Pharma is super excited to be involved in the oxytocin rush here.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that they've, they've got our best interest at, uh, at every dollar.
1: So they've got uh, multiple animal studies showing that you can kind of manipulate the oxytocin in an animal. They've got nasal sprays in Europe with just straight oxytocin. We've got the synthetic one, Pitocin. Well, she's also got a ton of ton of work about how that will never work. No. That will never work. You cannot play Mother Nature in somebody's body with something so intrinsic and delicate and complicated. So, unfortunately – um, at least in human studies, when they have tried to do this and develop a drug where you just take a shot of oxytocin and your immune system improves and everything, your body, surprise, surprise, starts to downregulate some of the oxytocin receptors, upregulate the vasopressin receptors because it goes, this is weird. This is yeah. weird. Something's odd. And so then the body automatically offsets it. So then when you stop, you've got all this vasopressin, which is your fight or flight. And yeah. now you're in a worse place than when you began. You're
0: gonna be stressed out to the hilt. It's no, it's it's no different than when someone over for a long period of time consumes uh, steroids and then they don't produce their endogenous steroids anymore. I mean that the, the adrenal fatigue or they shrivel up. They don't do anything. So it's a uh, it's a real problem.
1: Yeah. So y- y- here we are in this pandemic. The Vol hole was. I'm, I'm worried about chronic conditions and dysautonomia and GI issues, which then led to finding this study on the rats, which then used oxytocin to look at. And so here we are in this pandemic. Depression is super high. We're socially isolated. We know that when we're stressed, we're going to have lower levels of oxytocin. It's that seesaw. If you're really stressed out, you're basically telling the vasopressin to go up and oxytocin goes down. Easier said than done, right? Don't be stressed. You'll be fine. So we know that right now everybody's stressed. So your oxytocin is lower. This can lead to, my perspective, the GI tract will be affected. So a neurologist will tell you what it will do in the brain. A cardiologist will tell you what it will do in the heart. But we do know that oxytocin affects GI motility. GI motility, in my opinion, is the underlying reason why all these chronic conditions are actually developing. So you're going to have. Poor intestinal mortality, um, you feel bad, which actually leads you to want to be more socially isolated. So a lot of the stuff when people are like, man, I just, I'm unhappy, I'm depressed, but I don't want to be around anybody. I yeah. can't give you a neuropeptide reason why that is. Your oxytocin's low, your vasopressin is saying this is not the time to be cuddling. You got a weird? fight or flight thing going on. It's wild, right? We, we just get into these.
0: There are many, many examples it seems in life where we you can easily fall into these catch twenty twos, where you're, yeah, you're you're heading in this one way, but for you to recover, you almost have to break the bounds and force yourself to do something that will allow you to get better.
1: Otherwise, you're just going to stay, unfortunately, in this cycle. Yeah. So if you're listening to this. And you do have a little, de- uh, any type of depression, any type of anxiety, we need to get your oxytocin up. If you have irritable bowel, if you've got SIBO, if you've got any other gastrointestinal issues, we need to get your oxytocin up. Yeah. Oh, if there's a slight possibility that you could be exposed to a virus, <laughs> you need your oxytocin up so that your immune system reacts appropriately. Now let's get to oxytocin and the immune system let do it. Ox- Oxytocin does exactly what our NRF2 pathway does. They all work together. Polyphenols decrease uh, interleukin-6, which help m- mediate your response. Yeah. It turns out oxytocin mediates the body's response so that you don't overreact. It's all about the thing that we talk about, the endocannabinoid system. It's about being in balance. So oxytocin actually helps your immune system, which could be one of the reasons. We said it during the NRF2 um podcast but you can almost say well maybe a little bit of oxytocin's taking place because when your nrf2 is down that means that you have higher inflammation once you have higher inflammation that means your oxytocin will go down so it's that it, you you are exactly right you got to break a cycle here yeah so. you got to, you've got to go
0: against intuitively what's unfortunately the the pattern it feels like that that you're on the path that you're on right you ever think back uh, when you've got your friend and your you're growing up, and you, you got your friend. He just broke up with his girlfriend, or if you're a girl, it's your girlfriend you just broke up with a boyfriend. And they're really sad, and they don't know what they want to do, and feeling really down. But you convince them to come and hang out with the friends, etc. And almost every single time, by the end of the evening or the outing, whatever it is, that particular person is ecstatic that they were there, surrounded by people that cared about them, that loved them. It sounds like it's a lot of this community that you're
1: describing because it helped him get through something, right? So this is the crazy thing. So I've talked to patients that, um, been going through a lot. They start going through depression. They start gaining weight. They're like, I don't, now I'm even, now I don't want to be around anybody. I've put on, you know, 40 pounds since it's COVID. Oh, hate to break this to you. You're going to put on weight if your oxytocin's low. Why? Because your vasopressin goes up, which is your fight or flight, which is your cortisol. So. Every time that you say, well, I'll start mingling once I lose weight. So as a weight loss product, we're going to tell you how to get your oxytocin up. In fact, I was talking to a patient today, wonderful, just love to see people when they round a corner and they're just really happy. Yeah, a patient of mine I've had for 17 years and um, looks phenomenal, did his COVID hair. <laughs> they, you know, looks just great. And it's his disease, underlying disease that he sees me for is under total control. And I start finding out, oh, got remarried, has a new social circle. They have a, they have a process where they, every Sunday they have dinner together, every whatever. And I went, that is it right there. Because in every single medical study, listen to this one more time. Every single medical study, a support system and social interaction will outperform drugs and diet. Now, there's a lot of people that would go, no, 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 you're insane. But if you look across the board and you start really realizing that and you start teasing out some of these factors, actually people that do have a support system, and it was always – Theorized. Oh, well, they have a support system because their uh, family members help them make sure they stay on their drugs. Oh, they have a support system because they've got this and that. Could be oxytocin. Yeah. It could be this one thing that nobody's talking about. Yeah, definitely. So, no, I, I agree. I mean, it,
0: just take an inventory of the people that you know best. And, not. I mean, probably not every time someone will have a, a, a different example, but usually your happiest friends, your happiest family members are those who are – in touch, surrounded by not only support but they give support and they they receive it and they.
1: I'm just thinking of just several people. Yeah, that's who they are. So the um, oxytocin's. I mean, I, this vole hole was really big. This the Sue Carter has dedicated her whole career to it and the science behind it is all her data and it's really big. It's the first time I started looking into it, but of course I got to do what we try and do, which is bridge some bridge some gaps. So we uh, we will try and give you some tips on how to increase your oxytocin naturally. But I also wanted to look at a couple other things. We always seem to find that when you start looking at Mother Nature's secret weapon polyphenols, is there any data with this? So I really struggled to find a direct one-to-one, but there was a couple small studies looking at uh, breast pro- uh, breast milk production mm-hmm. through the elevation of – Oxytocin in this particular study showed that the combination of two different polyphenols, one of them being resveratrol, increased milk production through oxytocin release. So that was one of the only times that I actually found that polyphenols directly increased oxytocin, and they were looking at it to try and stimulate more milk production. Okay. And then there was one randomized trial on delivery, and they were looking at – Interestingly enough, dill extract and its effect on oxytocin. And they showed that it actually showed a randomized trial where when you added the dill extract, which is a polyphenol, mm-hmm. then it improved the delivery process. So smooth muscle contract, um, contractility, et cetera. And then I found this one, which is um, a little bit interesting. It makes a little bit more sense. Because we know this. We say this all the time. This article comes from the Journal of Probiotics and Health, Microbes, Oxytocin, and Healthful Longevity. In this particular case, they showed how our microbiome interacts and through decreasing what they believe are different inflammatory mediators Uh that we know they can do, it has a direct effect through the vagal nerve Directly on the hypothalamus to oxytocin levels, so all of this is kind of extrapolating. Dr. Carter does most of her work on these voles and did amazing on family units and stuff. That one right there that nobody's really looking into is, do these polyphenols also have an effect on the oxytocin level? A couple small studies, but we do know that these polyphenols increase the microbial diversity. So the reason why I said, take outontal and give somebody a hug. Is because we know that the polyphenols, stable, large molecular polyphenols, increase the microbial diversity. And we know when you have that, that a lot of other beneficial things happen. These guys in this paper showed a direct vagal mediated oxytocin response, meaning the vagus nerve, the great highway, is a motility thing. We keep circling back to the same things. So, other than make sure that you do the usual stuff they always talk about, get some good sleep, um, I believe that polyphenols probably increase increase oxytocin levels, and we know that um, at least in a couple small studies that you can increase oxytocin through several different smaller polyphenols. And then this final one was that if your microbiome is diverse, you will produce more oxytocin. That's really cool. That's really nice. Here's what's the best. It's called the cuddle hormone for a reason. So, Uh-oh. Now. now the hugs. Let's quit being so sciencey. Let's talk about how to get our oxy on. Oh, no, no, don't. I actually Googled that, and I started to type in how to increase oxy, and it was like cotton levels, where to get oxycontin. And I was like, no, 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 no.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't want that. Or if you're a teenager, how to increase your oxy. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Acne wipes, you know.
1: So, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because you because you you look at these little voles and you realize it's probably um the more the more that you love and share, the more that you open up, the more that you allow your body to increase the oxytocin receptors, so that they can be saturated more, and you're getting yeah. away from that sympathetic response. So, what's your favorite way to raise your oxytocin? Oh man, I can tell you
0: right now, a, a hug from a uh from wife and or family member, friend. Any of that it sounds to me would be the most fun
1: way and favorite way to uh to raise my own oxytocin. How does All right. that sound? So there's lots of ways to raise your oxytocin. And this is a this is a quiz for you? Oh no. Yeah. So we know that exercise raises oxytocin. Okay. We know that listening with your eyes, meaning real eye contact with somebody, can increase your oxytocin. Being intimate with someone will increase your oxytocin. Okay. And um, basically, the whole cuddle aspect is there. So if you could incorporate all those different things, is there one particular act that would really knock the socks out of the oxytocin ballpark? If you could exercise, be intimate, be close with somebody, share a moment. Oh, ooh.
0: Probably, man, just rolling the dice here. All of those are things that hopefully everyone's getting the opportunity to do daily. I would say getting close with somebody would be
1: the one that raises it the most, maybe. Hmm. You and I think differently. I guess you're about to break out a barbell. I'm not really sure. No. Okay. Exercise, being intimate, being close, having human contact, sex. Sex is amazing for raising oxytocin. So. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, maybe maybe I was going too G-rated. you what? Maybe I was getting too G-rated. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, that do not underestimate the power that, that being intimate with a close partner accompli- uh, accomplishes all those things at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get because what you're saying. You're saying another way, another yeah. way to increase oxytocin is to have an orgasm. So, okay. Having it, but you know, but they've also shown that by having a close intimate partner, the oxytocin goes up much higher. You, your body knows you can't fake it, you know. Sure. It's, it's so that's so alright. So exercise, social gatherings, listen with your eyes, have sex. Um, Oh, give a gift. Being generous will actually bump your oxytocin. Interesting. Now that that actually
0: is is uh, is awesome. So So but I guess the the noble rewards in life tend to uh tend to be associated with doing good deeds, right? Cuz you share love with someone and that's it's a good deed. You're letting them know that you care about them. You uh you know, you foster Your relationships with, with your friends, then that, that's, that's a good deed. You're helping them out. So yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. It's funny. You didn't, you didn't mention that, uh, that using business as a, as a reason to screw somebody over increases oxytocin. Uh, you didn't mention that theft or, uh, isolation increases (laughs) oxytocin. It's all of the, It's all of the opposite things that that we all say that we want to do for each other. Yeah,
1: so next time you're in traffic and somebody's kind of a jerk and cuts you off, don't just sit there and get super upset. Just go, oh, that person's oxytocin is low. They're not doing the things to cultivate their oxytocin levels. Yeah, put your car in park and then look at them and listen with your eyes. Yeah, listen with your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not that. Maybe that might not be the right. Yeah, maybe that's not the right way. You can also. <laughs> I had to laugh. So Hadil, I was I was talking to Hadil yesterday. My um, my my wonderful scheduler, and uh, I was trying to describe what I wanted to talk about today. And I was like, Hey, do you know that like petting a dog has been shown to increase oxytocin levels. And she oh, goes, sure. what about a cat? I have a cat. And I was like, no, no, never a cat. <laughs> not a cat. Not a cat. No. no. <laughs> Only dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think cats also. I'm not sure. The study was done on dogs. <laughs> so it just got me thinking. I'm like, okay, look, we're in this COVID environment. There's so many things against us, and yet we have a few things under our control. So listening to music, playing music can also uh, raise that. But, waking up every day and saying okay i'm going to try and figure out how to raise my oxytocin which means that i'm going to try and engage with somebody a little bit more which means that i'm going to try and take care of myself a little bit more if um i'm going to be easier on myself because when you're hard on yourself you raise your vasopressin level which decreases your oxytocin so give yourself a break if anything do it for your intestinal motility say i'm I'm going to make a concerted effort to, which is why I said at the very beginning of the show, I'm trying to call mom more because um, we need to keep each other's oxytocin up. But, you know, she lives alone, and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, she's able to um, keep that oxytocin up. So this is, uh, this is the vole hole called how to increase your oxytocin, kind of out of left field. I started down a motility path, and we're going to come full circle because once we start really hitting that motility, this may become standard of care for a gastroenterologist to help patients.
0: That'd be kind of a cool intersection, though. I mean, we do a lot of things whenever people come through, uh, for everything from diet to behavior to recommend exercise. Why not just start saying, be sure that you give a hug to your family members every day or a close friend
1: every day? Yeah, and that's the problem is that we're in COVID. So that was one of my theories that the isolation – could be controlled. Oh yeah, to this massive increase in depression. No doubt, no doubt at all. You got me thinking. So, I I would like to check oxytocin levels on guys that do jujitsu because there's there's lots of hard cuddling going on during jiu-jitsu, if you call it cuddling, choking someone, for instance, <laughs> which I think has kind of a uh, has an oxytocin bump, but also a vasopressin fight or flight going on. I'm wondering if jujitsu people. I'm, I just need to check with Ricardo Abreu and see. Uh, we just need to monitor his oxytocin levels as he's as he's smashing people.
0: <laughs> is he, yeah, is, is, if he uses the same tone as he aggressively went after you as a polyp, I don't know that I want to help him raise his
1: oxytocin levels. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Or maybe it's – yeah, maybe it's low, so. But anyways, um, you know, we, we keep coming back to the same thing. We keep coming back to intestinal health is the root cause of all health, and now we're finding these different things that are really subtle that we can do in a holistic approach. You can increase your NRF2 levels by doing certain things. You can increase your oxytocin, and all of this will play into the immune-mediated aspect. I start thinking of people that are diagnosed with a pretty serious, you know, chronic situation and it's depressing and it's sad and they're maybe in pain and all that just keeps lowering that oxytocin. If you could just get that back up, maybe it'll break the cycle and you could start on a road to recovery.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but it would make sense. I mean, um, maybe having people isolated in a hospital – for instance, especially during COVID, where we're not allowing people in there, is actually stunting their ability to overcome disease. I mean, think about that. When uh, How many people and stories have we heard of firsthand? So-and-so had to go in for a surgery. We don't really know how they're doing that, but they called and said that they're just going out of their mind, They're stuck there, and it's yeah. taking longer for them to, to be released from the hospital. I mean, it, it could have a profound effect as we're trying to, Stem the, the the spread of the virus, but at the same time, we're not allowing other people to heal, uh, it, you know, at, at the rate that they should. I don't know. It's it's pandemics present lots and lots of
1: problems that are. Yeah, not I've been normal. trying to figure out there. There used to be uh, there was a gastroenterologist in my community that when he retired, he um he, he loved dogs, <clears throat> and so he had like these show dogs. He would bring them as animals and just allow patients to pet the dogs. Yeah, and and now I look back and I'm like, wow, and I'm like, well, let's take it up a notch. I mean, if we know that these prairie voles really raise their oxytocin levels, then maybe we should have some prairie voles and just like let them bite people and just inject the oxytocin in <laughs> it, gonna have to talk it? To, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to talk to dr carter about that one i'm not really sure that's gonna work
0: yeah you just made oxytocin a venom
1: a <laughs> <lady>. <laughs> so the hard part is you got to get the prairie vole super happy and comfortable then you got to piss it off enough to bite you. bite you yeah
0: yeah that's exactly right yeah i don't yeah i don't think that's the avenue but that's okay and,
1: and I, I do believe that they have the full science on the half life of it, also. So it's not like it happens, and then unlike the NRF2 pathway that stays elevated for some time, the oxytocin is much like an endocannabinoid, like oh. uh, like like anandamide. It comes out and it works, and it comes back, and it just is as needed when it comes. So, what I'm saying is, you got to get that prairie the prairie vole to bite you really quick, because I think the half life is only like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, I, it's it's going
0: to be hard to, to, to prove, uh, to even see if, <laughs> if your idea is worth anything. You know, I don't know. <laughs> now,
1: what we're doing here, laughing a little bit, that's raising our oxytocin also. So even if, just at least make some jokes about prairie voles, and maybe that will raise your uh, – Venomous prairie voles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: there, there's a lot of jokes in there. But, yeah, I, that would be weird and strange. But, uh,
1: yeah, maybe you'll get happy out of it too. So that's the vole hole I went down. So can you summarize all this for me really quick? Because I realize I was kind of all over the map on this one. But that's no, important.
0: I don't think you're all over the map at all. I mean, you just gave uh, more reinforcing evidence. that the, the fact is, is that campaign, the reason why we don't like being isolated is because we're not supposed to be. The re, one of the many reasons that a pandemic really stinks and, uh, and not being able to see your friends while people are longing to get back and seeing their family is because we're meant to be social. So when it's safe and, and you can figure it out, by all means, be as social as possible. Find the people that you care about the most. Embrace them. Tell them that you hug them. It's it's not just enough to see them on, on camera. It's not just enough to to just hear them on the phone. You You really want to go and embrace and hug and let somebody else know. And then I like the other one, too, listening. Look at someone. Hear them. That's one of the most empathetic things that you can do for someone is just be quiet. Don't talk over them. And let them voice whatever's on their mind, happy, sad, or or indifferent. And it's actually going to work to your benefit to do it.
1: Kind of crazy. Are you actually talking about oxytocin or the fact that I do interrupt all the time? And this is just a polite way to tell me to just listen.
0: See, you didn't do it right. You're supposed to sit there and just keep staring at me. One of these days. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but, it, but I, do, I do think it's kind of cool. There's a lot of lessons in there. If you just want to be happy and healthy, it, it's kind of like golden rule stuff. Treat people as you want to be treated. You want to be hugged, give a hug. You, you need a little help, do some charity. You know, it's
1: it's uh, and it will all work to your benefit. Well, we know that giving a gift works. Yeah. We know that improving your microbiome works. So your sign behind you, you're bloating relief. It's what we do, Teal. What you should do is buy a bunch of Teal and give it away as a gift and hug that person. And there you're going to bump your oxytocin way up, and you're going to help that person bump their oxytocin. I don't see how you can go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that. Give Teal yeah. and give a hug. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a much better summary than what I was working towards. (laughs) Now, I didn't have time to look into how the endocannabinoid system plays with oxytocin, but you know that's tied in also because this is all – this just shows how complex humans are. It's all tied in. We'll eventually get to how improving your endocannabinoid system, but it seems like everything that improves – everything that I just said for oxytocin actually – decreases the sympathetic response. We get back to the same thing over and over and over again. Inflammation creates disease. Inflammation does um, is the root cause of the disease process. When you have inflammation, your NRF2 pathway goes down and your oxytocin goes down. So you at least need to take the reins, stop some of the inflammation through a proper diet, eating polyphenols, Um, taking a a proper CBD to improve your endocannabinoid system, and then maybe your body will adjust by rising these other systems, these other molecular processes.
0: Yeah, yeah, oxytocin, ultimately not just a pregnancy hormone or peptide. It's quite important for us throughout our entire existence. So, And and unfortunately, I mean, we mostly in, in the medical community, at least allopathically, only talk about oxytocin as it applies
1: to the maternity ward. And so it's way more important than that. It's way more important than that. And you know that we really can't have animals in the endoscopy suite. But I'm gonna ask a small favor, since your hair is really grown out. Oh, okay. I think we should let stressed out patients just pet your head as they're waiting to go back for their colonoscopy.
0: Yeah. If, hey, after hand sanitizer,
1: I guess everything's <laughs> fair game. <laughs> Eric, there's somebody that's super stressed out here. Would you mind letting them pay?
0: <laughs> well, as long as I don't have to lay down and kick my leg
1: several times across my bed. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, oxytocin. We just keep throwing curveballs at you.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, uh, for the listeners out there, I think that um, we keep hinting at it, but pretty soon we need to dedicate a series or a a show to uh, the vagus nerve. And we have actively been looking and talking to a few different people. We'll have a vagal nerve expert on here pretty soon. And uh, I'm excited about it. It really ties into exactly what uh, Ken is talking about with oxytocin, and, and everything that we can do to help out our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relax, the love, the feel, the the uh, rest and digest uh,
1: mode, I guess, if you will, for our bodies. It yeah. helps us out quite a bit. I think we're going to end up um, – so we're going to let Angie run point on this because she's done so much research oh, yeah. on the dysautonomia, which is the um, – the dysregulation of your neurologic processes in relation to different organ systems. And that's the whole pots, malls, SIBO, um, relation, Ehlers-Danlos and all these other things. So we'd start with that. But I think if we can figure out the motility aspect, it helps so many people. It's all, it's all connected. And it's, and it's almost like you can't just do the one thing you can't just, I mean, it's like, you got to do it all. You got to, get socializing. You got to feel good about yourself. You gotta be happy or try to be happy. Any way that works for you, meditate, everything. Start working on that. You'll start losing weight. Um then we can start be healing the gut. It all it's all coming together. And if we could develop some sort of um really nice rationale why people are having the issues they are and I think that alone helps people to start on their road to recovery. Because just being told it's all in your head is doesn't cut it. No, not at all. Not at all. Well,
0: Ken, I think that the instructions are hopefully clear. Uh go hug somebody.
1: Go hug somebody and then yeah. yeah so as always, um this is a medical show, but I'm not giving medical advice. I'm a medical doctor. Eric delivers anesthesia for a living, but just speak with your doctor if we said anything that looks like you need to question it, but we're in social isolation. So don't randomly go up and hug people, but you can certainly, <laughs> you can certainly improve your oxytocin by sharing this episode, possibly yes. liking this episode. That will increase your oxytocin level. Yeah, absolutely. Like and share, like and
0: share. This is obviously Code File Installation Number 11. I'm Eric Rieger here with the awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Thank you all for the continued email and shares that we get. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I'm amazed every single week that uh, we have more and more people who write in and say, "Hello, thanks for doing the show." So, as long as we get those, we'll we'll keep meeting up and um, hopefully we're we're covering topics that uh, that interest you.
1: And I want to send it, when when we send this email out to let people know that we've published this. I'm going to send a virtual hug, and I want virtual hugs coming back at us. Just just take just just, just take a little video of you just hugging.
0: That's it. Oh yeah, yeah, hugging. Oh, and a uh, quick shout out to Sheila Unger. She uh, she actually you asked about the, the the family earlier. She sent a a free complimentary sample of a Texas Tech face covering out uh, to Gage. That's she awesome. Cool. Heck that's yeah. Awesome. So. Yeah, right there. She raised her oxytocin level. She did. That was, that was an Being example. Charitable. She gave a gift. Absolutely. Alright. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. We will see you all next time. Stay safe. Give a hug. Listen to people. And, uh, don't forget to like and share. We'll talk to y'all all soon.
1: Right on.